everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we continue our series on Christianese phrases by looking at the idea that God will not give you more than you can handle. Is this really true? So I reached out on social media and asked you guys which were your least favorite Christianese phrases and wow did you guys deliver. I got so many great responses that we'll be tackling in the next few weeks. But one of the ones that came up over and over and over again was this idea that God won't give you more than you can handle. Apparently, this one has really done some damage because many of you guys wanted me to talk about this. Is this really biblical? What is the truth? What does this really mean? And why do we say this kind of stuff to people? So as I've been looking into the different phrases, the different suggestions you guys had, The idea that God won't give you more than you can handle kind of really reminds me of a lot of other phrases that you guys also shared with me. Things like, God gives the hardest battles to his strongest soldiers, which is basically another way of saying the same thing. Kind of sounds nice, but um, thanks. Like if I'm going through something difficult, that's not really encouraging. Uh, Let go and let God. Like what is that supposed to mean? God will work it out. Just have faith. Everything happens for a reason. God works all things for good. Now, before you think I'm a complete cynic and skeptic, these phrases aren't bad. And people who are saying them usually have good motivations. They're trying to comfort us, they're trying to make us feel better, trying to give some answers to this broken world. And yet, at the same time, the thing that all these phrases have in common is the fact that they are spiritual bypassing. This is the idea that I'm going to just bypass this uncomfortable situation these uncomfortable feelings, these things I'm not sure what to do with, with this spiritual phrase. I'm just going to throw something that sounds spiritual out there and move on because I don't want to deal with this. I don't know what to say. It makes me feel weird or uncomfortable and I'm just, it's awkward. So we throw these spiritual phrases out there instead. And instead of giving somebody an actual answer or being a listening ear or someone who's encouraging and helping them, you just get this phrase thrown at you. So let's talk about this idea. This is something that is pretty common that I hear a lot, the idea that God won't give you more than you can handle. And if you especially grew up in some kind of a prosperity gospel movement, or you had anything with the idea of like God wants us to be healthy and wealthy, and God wants to give us blessings, and he wants to have us this perfect place, but our problem is our faith, like we don't have enough faith, or you didn't do enough stuff, or you... Um, said something bad about the wrong pastor or whatever it was, and now it's your fault that you're having these problems in your life. And some of you guys who reached out to me, this is kind of where you're coming from. You were saying like, God won't give you more than you can handle. So if you're not handling it, obviously like you're in sin or something's wrong with you because you're not able to handle this because God won't give you more than you can handle. And that's just plain wrong. Just absolutely and completely wrong. The idea from what I'm understanding comes from a verse in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it it talks about how God is not going to give you more than you can handle temptation-wise. And so if we look this up, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Okay, so. 
If you look up that word temptation, the Greek, it does say in the definition of that word that it can also mean a trial or a test. The problem is, in the context that Paul is using this, he is obviously not talking about a trial or a test. So if I'm just looking at that one verse, I can see where people could think that perhaps this is a biblical idea, that God will not give you more than you can handle. He will give you a way out. He will provide what he knew need to be able to make it through. Problem is, in the context, this is not talking about a trial or a test. This is literally talking about sin. If you go up to the beginning of chapter 10, he's talking about um, the Israelites and how they were just kind of stubborn and hard-hearted and they did not follow God, even though he was showing them the way through the wilderness. He was providing for them miraculous ways. They continued to like disobey him and to be um, angry with him and not want to do the things that he asked them to do. And he kind of is telling them, this is an example for us to watch this and be like, don't do like this. And he continues to talk more about sin. He's talking about sin. These things are happening. There was these consequences of sin. And then he pops in here with this idea of, if you think you're so much better than these people, like you better have another thing coming because you are just as broken and just as have a chance at falling as they did. That's in verse 12. It says, lest anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. The idea of like, you think you're doing great. Like just be careful because you're not any better than anybody else. We all have the sin nature and we all have these things that we're just tempted to do. And then he goes on to verse 13 and reminds them that even if you're tempted, God is still going to provide a way out for us. Like we always have the ability to say no and to resist sin and temptation because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. If you move on, it's still talking about idolatry and stuff like that. So this is obviously talking about sin. We cannot take this verse and decide that it means a trial or a test. So yes, it's not biblical. Not only because it's not in that verse, but I think the opposite is actually true. And here is something that I do see in scripture a lot. God gives people more than they can handle. It happens a lot in scripture where people are given things that are very difficult, more than they can handle. And as a result, they have to turn to God for supernatural strength, for supernatural wisdom. And I think that really is true. So if it's not true that God's not going to give us more than we can handle, Where does that leave us in this broken world? And what kind of advice and encouragement do we give to others or to ourselves as we're facing trials and as we're facing struggle and as we're facing suffering? Here's the deal. This world is broken. And as a result, horrible, broken things happen. And we're back in a place of tension theology where I look at the world and I say, it is broken. And horrible suffering happens. And I don't know why. I mean, I do know why in general, because the world's broken. I don't know why God allows certain things to happen. Because at the same time, I have to hold on to the idea of God being sovereign. So in one hand, I live in a broken world where suffering happens. On the other hand, I believe in a God who is sovereign, who is completely in control, and who allows things to happen. Even though in my mind, this is a very evil and horrible thing. That tension theology, guys, is where a lot of people cannot handle it and they leave the faith. Because in their mind, if God is good, then none of this bad stuff would happen. If God was really in control, then none of this bad stuff should happen. And I think we have to sit in a place of tension where we say this world is a broken mess and we are dealing with the consequences of sin. 
every day. And yet clearly in scripture and in my own experiences, we also have a very good and sovereign God who is in charge of all of it. In the prosperity gospel movement, the idea that God wants us always to have this perfect life, always healthy, always have plenty of money, always have no suffering. And if we have suffering, somehow we're out of God's will or out of his plan for us or don't have enough faith, like that is just complete bogus garbage. Because look at Jesus. Jesus was God, and yet he went through immense suffering. So if God himself is willing to go through the suffering and the pain and the brokenness and betrayal and devastation in this world, we are also going to go through it. And so we sit in this place of paradox. It's not comfortable. It's not an easy-peasy fix. There's no really good understanding of it. And yet, I believe it. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe in his goodness. I believe in his all-powerful attributes. And I also believe in the brokenness of this world. So what is the promise? Like, If we're not promised that we're not going to get more than we can handle, and if we are promised that things are going to come that are more than we can handle, like, what is the hope then? Like, where do we stand? Where's our encouragement? Because I really think it comes from 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is Paul's kind of autobiography. He's talking about what he did, what his life looked like, the things that happened to him. And he talks about how just awful, awful things happened. How he was just faced with all kinds of just terrifying things, things that were just really hard. In 1 Corinthians 1.8, he talks about the affliction they experienced. They were so utterly burdened beyond their strength that they despaired of life itself. They thought they had received the sentence of death. That's pretty extreme. But maybe, like me, you've felt those feelings before. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Like, this is, this is bad. This might be the end. I've been there. And Paul goes on and he says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That's intense. That's really intense. Paul and his friends were so burdened and so troubled that they despaired of life itself. And he says, it's because God wanted us to rely on him, the God who raises the dead. And then it goes on to talk about that he delivered them. It says, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. And on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Kind of reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, here we are heading into the fiery furnace. God's able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, oh well. We're still going to trust him. We're still going to worship him. We're still not going to listen to you. King Nebuchadnezzar. That's not prosperity gospel there, guys. That's not God wants to give us this comfort and happiness and peace and constant goodness in our lives. That's saying things might get really bad, but God's not going to let us go. And I think that's the good news. If we move on to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 8, Paul is once again talking about himself and his story, and he's saying that He has this thorn in the flesh. We don't really know what it was, but something that a disability of some sort or something that just was bothering him constantly. And he asked God to heal him and take it away. And God didn't. God continued to allow him to suffer. But he says, instead of healing him, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. 
And therefore Paul is happy to boast, all the more gladly of his weakness, so the power of Christ can rest upon him. He says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so here we are once again left with not a clear answer. Just the idea that we don't always get it. And our little finite minds and the things that we think are right and wrong and good and evil may not actually be accurate because we have a God who sees a much larger picture and he looks upon us with love and sometimes he allows the brokenness to just wham us and we are beyond ourselves. We cannot handle it. But the good news is that in that moment, he will give us the grace and strength that we need to sustain us until the end. And that he will be the one to hold us and to help us through it. Yeah, maybe we can't handle it by ourselves. But maybe that's the point. Looking back on my own broken things I've had to deal with. The spiritual abuse, the trauma, miscarriages, death. There were many times in my life when I've said, I cannot do this. I cannot handle this. I am broken beyond what I can bear. And Jesus has never left me. And he has always given me the grace and strength that I need to make it through. I think we need to stop thinking about trials as punishment and just really develop our theology of brokenness, pain, suffering, grief, loss, lament, to recognize that we live in a world that is filled with death. And it's not going to go away until Jesus restores it. But we also have a God who has given us his very spirit to dwell within us. And he will hold us up, even to the point of death. Guys, God cares more about our hearts than anything else. And I don't understand him, but I trust him. And I know that he is willing to let us go through fire if he knows that our hearts will be redeemed and restored. He cares more about the things that are in eternity than he does about our temporary pleasure. And he knows that in the beauty and goodness and peace and comfort of this life, we forget him. We rely upon ourselves and we just do our own thing as enemies of God. And so he too lives in tension and in paradox in a place of wanting goodness for us and allowing pain because of his love. I hope that you can just dig your teeth into this, to wrestle with it, to recognize that it's not enough to just throw these Christianese phrases out there. And it's not enough to just sit in cynicism and anger, but that there's more. Your heart knows there's more, you guys. Jesus is calling us, and he's calling us back to himself, and away from religion, and away from the things that distract us. But the good news is he never leaves. He will always be with us. He will always give us what we need to sustain us, to keep us going, until the end. And even then, he will sustain us, and give us grace. Not an easy topic, 
but I hope it encourages you to realize that we are going to face pain, but we are also never alone. Thanks for listening, you guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.